Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. I am honored and privileged to be here with Pastor Mark and Sister Phyllis. And uh, what a great uh, honor to do that. I never take it lightly. I'll give a little bit of my testimony, but I guess uh, Brother Greg will put up a podcast we did. uh, And you'll hear a little bit more about that. But um, just share a little bit of introduction. My lovely wife, anointed wife, Doris. We've been married uh, 37 years, and praise God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. And she's uh, my partner in faith. Amen. I was going to say partner in crime. That was the old days. (laughs) And partner in faith. We have four daughters, and they're all married, and uh, they all do something for Jesus. They serve in our local church. Some serve in my church. Some are planting churches. One is helping uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland uh, run his Bible college over there, assistant dean there. And my son-in-law is a young adult pastor over there. Praise God. And uh, I have six grandchildren. One was born about uh, two months ago. So praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. And uh, so I'm a blessed man of God. And uh, But uh, I want to just share as we... Get to our Bibles. In fact, if you want to open your Bible up to uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, we're going to go there real quickly. Praise God. And so now I can check my box off and my pastor, Dr. Mark Barkley, will say, thank you, David, for opening the Bible. (laughs) Amen. I've been with Dr. Barkley for over 30 years and uh, been blessed by his ministry. But I I grew up in a Pentecostal church. My dad was a, a pastor at 17 years old. When he married my mom, he was in Bible college down in Los Angeles, California. I was, he was then assigned to a church in Brownsville, Texas, where I was born. So I'm a born Texan, raised Californian. Uh, so praise God, uh, hook them horns and, you know, fight on USC, the school I went to. Praise God. And uh, I was raised in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere of power and faith in Jesus Christ. And I saw many different things growing up. And uh, my great-grandfather was a pastor under Amy Semple McPherson in Los Angeles. I, I didn't know all this hair. You know, growing up, you don't know these things. You know anything about this. But I, I was just thinking about it earlier this morning. I said, Lord, I've had a bullseye on my back since I was born. And I didn't even realize why. And it was because there was a call on my life. It was because there was an ordination that was coming to me, that God knew me in the womb. And I'm nothing special because he knew all of us in the womb. He knew you before you were born. He had a plan for you before you were born. He wrote your name. I was just hearing Brother Hagen the other day, and he just said something. I never heard someone say this. He said, when you were born, God wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because there's no place it says that he, he puts your name in there. God do, did it. It says that he blots you out if you don't finish the course, if you don't keep the faith. Praise God. So we all had that opportunity. So I was born and raised that atmosphere. I never did hate church. I've always loved church. I was a PK. And we had our, uh, you know, times of mischief, of course. And uh, as pastor's kids, you know, they they always, back in those days, they always felt they're going to go astray. They're never going to serve God. But uh, for whatever reason, I just loved going to church. My mom instilled in me a love for God's word, signed me up for a Bible course when I was 11 years old. I didn't realize, he said, David, if you finish this 10-week course, you get to keep the Bible. Well, praise God, I love free stuff. I'll take the Bible. And I went on the course, and uh, they gave me that little Bible, and it's one of the first Bibles I ever received was that one that it took 10 weeks to to earn. But I didn't realize that God was doing something in my life. 
But at the same time, the devil was trying to, to wipe me out. He was trying to kill me at, at birth, four months premature, and came home in a shoebox, four pounds. And, uh, but I survived that, praise God. And other things that happened throughout my life. But I, I was sharing with Brother Greg that in 1978, I was at the University of Southern California. I was on scholarship there, and I was going to go into a business school. And, and uh, my dad never pushed any of his five boys to be ministers. He, always he told us later on in life, because we asked him, we all sat him down and said, Dad, why didn't you push us to become preachers and pastors? He says, he says no, I wanted you to all get good jobs and tied to the church. <laughs> kind of like a farmer's mentality. I have boys so they can help me on the farm, <laughs> something like that. So, but lo and behold, he has three full-time ministers in the gospel. Praise God. <laughs> so, so, we, uh, so, in 78, I was in the middle of my college years, and I was uh, in a terrible accident on one of the major highways in Southern California on my way to college. And I was hit by an 18-wheeler, and I was sideswiped and went going down the road. If you've ever seen one of those NASCAR crashes where that, the car just spins, spins, and spins, that was me. Praise God. I got ejected out of my car. I had my seatbelt on, but it didn't work. And I got ejected out. I landed on the asphalt. And I, I don't know if I was knocked out or whatever. All I know is that before I lost consciousness, I said, Jesus! Anybody ever said Jesus? Because yeah. you know what's in you is going to come out of you. Right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. What's in you is going to come out of you. When you're squeezed and when you're pressured, it's, it's going to come out of you. So I said, Jesus. And there was blood here. And I had a couple scars and lacerations. The the. The highway patrolman came over and says, you are, you are lucky. You are lucky. You should be dead. Well, the, the back window hatch of my car had, had been ejected out and came down and crashed right next to me. He said, a few feet over, that window hits you and slices you. And I said, I looked up to heaven and said, Lord, this is too close. Too close of a call. Don't ever let this happen again. I gave my life to Christ around 11 years old. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I got, you know, baptized in water. I did all the things you're supposed to do. And I never knew that there was something coming at me against me, and I never knew how much God was for me. And so I said to the Lord, on that highway, I said, Lord, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. I will never stray away. There's nowhere else to go. I'm yours. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. I'm telling you, within five days, I had a phone call. I said, you want to join a Christian band? I was a drummer. And so, praise God. In fact, you guys have a wonderful worship team. Wonderful worship team. Give the Lord praise for your worship team. Anointed, skilled, talented, praise God. So I was a drummer, and I thought, well, that's going to be my ministry. I'm going to be a drummer for Jesus. I'm going to travel the world. And, you know, I was about 30 years too late because you can't make any money at that time. Praise God. Now, if I was a drummer for a band, boy, we'd be... We'd be on a nice bus and traveling and have see, label, you know, record co contracts and all kinds of stuff. But not back then. You barely, you prayed enough gas to put you in the car to get you to the next gig, the next church engagement. Amen. Praise God. And so I thought that's what I was. So I joined that band. And in that joining that band, and I was telling Brother Greg about this, the plan of God. We don't know the plan of God sometimes, but there are divine moments in your in your life that are God planned. He's right there. And so joining that band, I became friends with the bass player. His name was James Estrada. He had a sister, little sister named Doris. And she had a boyfriend at the time. But when I was introduced to her as we walked by, he didn't really introduce us. He says, I said, who's that? He says, that's my little sister. Don't worry, she's got a boyfriend. <laughs> well, I didn't worry, but something hit my heart. A couple months later, we were doing her graduation banquet. Our band was playing. And I saw her again, and her boyfriend had a broken leg. And uh, she looked beautiful, and in my heart again started pounding. I said, this is, 
I think this is the one, Lord, this is the one. I'm believing God for, for a wife to follow with me in ministry. And lo and behold, she broke up with that young man. And uh, we spent a couple days together camping out with, us, with the family there. And I got to know her and her side of the story, my side of the story. And, and uh, I asked her to go to a Bible study one night. I said, we are having a Bible study. My, I'm preaching and teaching. My cousin's ministering. And, and uh, come on to the Bible study. She said, I'm going to go to a party tonight. I can't go to that, that Bible study. And I said, I said, what time does the party start? 10 o'clock. I said, okay, the Bible study, study starts at 7. I said, what city is it in? She says, Hacienda Heights. I said, hey, wow, the Bible study is in Hacienda Heights too. So look, it's perfect. You come to the Bible study with me, and then you can go to your party, all right? So she said, okay. She came to the Bible study. She got born again that night, never went to the party, praise God. She's been partying ever since with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. So praise God, and she became my wife about six years later. We got married, got into ministry, and uh, began to just serve God with my, my father as an assistant pastor there. And God began just to move me around in different places and bring great people uh, to me. And then I look back now and say, Lord, you were in this all the time. And so there's so much more there. But, but I want to just let you know there. Uh, how many love Jesus this morning? Yes. How many love coming to his house? Yes. How many love your pastor? Yes. Praise God. All right, good. I don't have to cast any devils out. I, looks like a... Looks like a 100% vote of confidence, Pastor. Praise God. Amen. But uh, I have a word for you this morning. The Holy Spirit revealed something to me a couple years ago. I was in a, in a large church and in their ministry, and they were asking me to minister and do the offerings uh, message, and I was a bit preparing for that. And as I was doing that, uh, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and says, you can have the best building, you can have the best band, the best singers, the best light show, Everything can be perfect, but you can come to my house and leave with nothing. I said, Lord, you can really do that? Because, you know, I was raised in church. Okay, okay. He says, you can leave with nothing. If you're not intentional to come to receive from me, you'll just be impacted by the sounds and the sights and the feelings, and you'll go home the same way you came. I said, Lord, give me a Bible verse for that. He says, I'll give you that. And so he gave me some Bible verses, but I want you to go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 34. It says, when they, the disciples had gone over, this is after they, they'd come over to Gennesaret and after the storm and the waves and all that, they came to the land of Gennesaret and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, knowledge of Jesus, they sent out into all the countries around about and brought unto him all that were diseased. All that were diseased. When they, what, took knowledge, I underline that, they took knowledge of Jesus. The Bible, the definition of this is literally to become acquainted with him, to become thoroughly acquainted, to get to know him, to get him to know him accurately. The Amplified Bible says when they recognized him. All right. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the routine of coming to church. And as I was a young man growing up in church, I loved church. So sometimes it became routine. I, I never thought I had a need even to get saved. But the day I gave my life to the Lord, I realized I had a need to get saved. So I got saved. Praise God. And then I, and then I realized I needed the Holy Spirit. So I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I needed to be back. I did all the different things. And I loved coming. But I wasn't really going to get anything. I was coming to watch 
I was entertained by the people who fell out in the power of the Holy Ghost and ran around the church. I was entertained by the, the people who's, who came in with the lame, came in lame and they walked because there was miracles happening in the church. So I knew God was awesome. This was the best show in town. I'm coming every Sunday. I want to see this. And, and our services were long and we were excited and we were sweaty and we were hungry and all kinds of things were happening. So there was nothing better to do on a Sunday morning but go to church. Praise God. Uh, but you know, if you get caught up in all that and you don't do what the Bible is telling us to do. They took knowledge of him. They became acquainted with him. And that's what our part is in our home, at home, by ourselves, is looking at the word of God and getting, you're going to know Jesus by what he said and what he did in the word of God. Amen. You want to get to know him right here. There, if you want to get to know how he was, what he did, it's all right there, the gospels. And so as, you, as they took knowledge of him, they recognized that there was something special about him the Bible says they made, gave word out to everybody to come. And here's what it says here. It says that they, they besought him in verse 36. They besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. As many as touched were made perfectly whole. Here's what the Lord began to just explode into my spirit. See, people are coming to my house, but they're not looking to touch me. They're not looking to touch me. They're coming. They're worshiping, they're partaking, they're engaged, but they're not looking to touch me. I said, Lord, why is that? He says, because they don't realize the needs they have. They don't realize the need they have. They don't realize the day and the hour they live in. They don't realize what's coming up ahead. Have you, have you understood this in your life, that God knows what's coming up ahead in your life? Have you ever had that experience where Pastor Mark preached the word, and a couple of weeks later that word popped up because you needed that word two weeks later? Amen. It's amazing. I began to see that in my life in ministry as well as people in the church would come say, Pastor, you preached on this a month ago. And guess what? This is what's happening. And thank you for preaching that word. Amen. Because God knows what's coming up ahead. Amen. I had a brother, a cousin of mine say, Pastor David, where do you get your sermons? I said, what do you mean where do I get my sermons? He says, well, do you get them online? I said, what? Oh, yeah. There's websites you can go. They'll give you sermons for the whole year. Yeah. In fact, this, this semester right here, the topic of this semester is how to transition. Well, of course, every, every August and September, we got to transition from summer back to school, back to work, no more vacation, whatever. So they have it all planned out. I said, what? I said, no. I don't get them from the somebody's, somebody in some city somewhere putting out these messages and giving you illustrations and jokes and stories and three points in a poem. I don't do that. He says, what do you do? I get it from the Holy Ghost. I pray, I study, I pray. I listen to what God, he feeds me. And I like what Brother John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen used to say. He said, feed yourself and then minister out of the overflow. Minister out of the overflow, amen? So I'm, I'm giving you overflow right here, okay? Minister out of the overflow. And so he says, he, and my, my, my cousin, he said, I figured that because I know you're a man of God. I don't think you would go get them and down line. But guess what? I was curious. So I did go on that website to see, are you kidding me? <laughs> Praise God. Because when I started ministry, Pastor, I was so zealous for the Lord. And I thought, I've got to have a hot, fresh word every Sunday. Something that no one's ever heard. I know that was my pride talking. I didn't realize it was pride at the time. You know, I want to bring something that has never been preached. And I even made a vow to myself, I'll never preach the same sermon twice. Well, I broke that vow after, after a year, <laughs> a long time ago. You try to think about, I've got to get 52 fresh hot sermons plus a midweek Bible study. My Lord, how are you going to do that? Well, the Holy Ghost is going to give you what to say. But after a while, the Lord said, stop, stop, stop all that. 
Preach that one again. But Pastor, Lord, I, I preached that last month. Preach it again. In fact, you preach it every year. Amen. And when I tell you, you preach it again. And you preach it again. And you preach it again until they get it. I said, okay, I got it, Lord. He says, I keep giving it to you. I know. I think it's just for me. No, it's for everybody. I said, okay, praise God. You come to the house of God and you realize Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. We worshiped him this morning. His presence, the Bible says, fills the temple. It's here. As Jesus was traveling about, he was literally, he was God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. And when he came into town, the Bible says here, they heard about him. They put word out and they took knowledge of him to say, Jesus is coming to your town. Get everybody who's sick. Get him to that place right now. And the Bible says that they besought him and they literally begged him that they could touch the hem of his garment. Amen. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole, perfectly whole. I guess they must have heard about some woman with an issue of blood. I guess that story got passed around. Some lady got healed just touching his, the fringes of his garment. All right, well, let's go see if it works for us. That's what they did, and they came. Well, the Lord, I asked the Lord, give me some verses, Lord, of how this can happen. How can you come into God's house and just leave different, or not, not change, just leave the same way you came in? Or just feel like, okay, I, I came to church, but praise God, I didn't have any needs, I didn't need anything. And he said, there was a man called uh, the rich young ruler in the Bible, Mark chapter 10. You can go to Mark chapter 10, verse 17. You may know the story. I knew the story. I've known it for a long time. But the Lord took it to me and said, I want you to look at it in this way. There was a man, a young ruler who came forth, running to Jesus, kneeled to him and asked him, verse 17, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? Has anybody ever thought about why Jesus said that? Why do you call me good? There's only one good. He said, that is God. And I thought, Lord, I've always asked that question. Why, why, do you, why did you call him out on that? Because he was trying to butter me up. He was trying to, you know, pamper me, try to get something out of me, something he wanted from me. And says, so why do you call me good? I can tell your motive's not right. <laughs> I can tell your motive's not right. Say, so, oh, Brother David, you're the best. You're, the, you're so wonderful. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> he said, he said, he came to him and he said, can you tell me how to inherit eternal life? And he said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all of these I have observed from my youth. Have you noticed he left out a few key ones? He gave all the ones that have to deal with people, but he didn't give the ones that have to deal with God. Thou shalt have only one God before you. Thou shalt honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Thou shalt not make any graven images. He left out the commandments that had to do with the relationship with God. Hallelujah. And so Jesus looking at him and he answered and he said, I've, I've done these all my youth. And, and Jesus said, beholding him, he loved him and said, one thing thou lackest. Everybody say one thing. How many of you would be excited if, if after God looked at you and evaluated you, he said, I just got one thing with you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just one, Lord. Ooh, glory to God. I thought for sure you'd have about 50, but you only got one. Man, because, you know, I grew up in a lot of sin consciousness, so I was always thinking I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not praying enough, not believing enough, not reading enough, not witnessing enough. I'm just not doing enough. I must be missing a lot. So it's always it's good to hear he said, yes, oh, one thing. Everybody say one thing. 
One thing is the main thing. And he said, he loved them, and he said, one thing, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. Come and take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Jesus gave him a beautiful answer. You only have one thing you need to do. One thing. Sell what you have. In other words, give up your worship of your money. Give up your pride. Taking care of yourself. Providing for yourself. Looking at all that you've done. Because you boldly said, I've done all of that, Lord. I've done all of that. That's why I'm where I'm at today. Give it all up. And put your trust in me and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. The Bible says he was sad at that saying and he left away grieved because he had great possessions. Now we, we know a lot of different words that, great, words that come out of here. He didn't he have great possessions. The great possessions had him and his loyalty and his, his love and his trust were in the wrong places. But the Lord told me, he said, this man had me in his presence. He had an opportunity to ask me, a powerful question. I gave him the answer he needed and he didn't receive it and he went away the same way he came in. He went away the same way he came in. See, if you're going to come to the Lord and you might have a need, you might have a question, you, be, you need to be ready and prepared to receive the answer. Amen? No matter what it might be. Amen? It might be, you know, run across the stage here. Praise God. It might be sow an offering. It might be go forgive that brother in the fifth row back there. Amen. You never know what the Holy Spirit's going to say when you come and say, I have a need. I've heard Brother Hagin, uh, somebody came up in the prayer line and they said, I've been, I've, I've been, I need to be healed. Uh, God doesn't heal me. I've come to every preacher. And the Holy Spirit spoke to Brother Hagin, told him, said, well, you need to forgive that person. And she opened her eyes and says, what? Yeah, that's why you're not getting healed. Unforgiveness doesn't work. In the heart, if you want to believe, you've got to get unforgiveness out. And you know what she said? Oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that. And she left the same way she came in. Because she didn't want to hear what the Holy Spirit wanted to say. Yeah. Amen? Sometimes you need to just prepare yourself for whatever God might say to do or to confess or to believe. I've had people up in the prayer line, and I tell them, confess this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And they struggle. Something's hindering them. The enemy has just filtrated their mind with all these lies that God doesn't really love you. You're not good enough for God's love. And you're never going to be good enough to be healed. You're never going to have that breakthrough. And, and, and they just struggled at it. But when they broke through, praise God. And they broke through and they said, hallelujah, I know God loves me. And we might have to tell them, say, say it three times. Say it three times, turn around and jump up four times. What? I never know the formula God's going to use, but I've seen that happen in church. Amen. Take two steps forward. <laughs> what? Take, yeah, take two steps. By the time they took the second step, they fell out. Praise God. Amen. It's some simple obedience and trust in the Lord. Just simply obedience and trusting in the Lord. Amen. It was like the, the, the man, right? What's that? Na Naaman? You want to be healed of your leprosy? Go jump in that dirty river seven times. What? Hey, you want to be healed? Sometimes you have to wonder, how bad do I want to be healed? How desperate am I to be healed? How much do I need a breakthrough? Do I need to wait till they're foreclosing on my house? 
Or do I need to wait till I, you know, I'm on stage four cancer? Do I need to wait for this or that? How, how badly? How badly? I've seen it so many times. People come to me and I say, I say to them, how long has this been going on? Oh, about six months. Six months. Do you have my phone number? Oh, yeah, pastor. But I don't want to bother you. You're busy. Don't want to bother you. Well, really? Did you pray about it? Oh, no. I just didn't want, I didn't want to bother God either. You know, he's got so many other things on his mind. <laughs> so many other things on his mind. You know, and he's got world peace on his mind. You know? <laughs> he's got climate change on his yeah. mind. You know, he's got so much on his mind. I'd, so I just thought I'd try to faith it through. I said, well, obviously your faith is not working. You need some help. You need some strength. You need some encouragement. You need to come have someone come in agreement with you, you know. But this is how it is. You know, you come in and you think, well, you know, altar calls. Man, I, I grew up seeing altar calls every Sunday. And if nobody came up for the altar call, then our, the pastor, my dad, or the associate pastor, he'd say, all right, well, let's come up and let's all kneel down here and let's just pray to the Lord and seek him for a little bit. So we never ended a service without somebody coming to the altar, either for salvation, being healed or whatever, or just come and seek God for five minutes. So, of course, as a young little boy, I said, all right, well, I don't know if I have any needs or anything, but we've got to go up. So me and my brothers and other boys in the church, we all got in the same section, and we all started counting. One, thousand, two, one, thousand, three, thousand, four, thousand, five. Okay, one counted to 30. Okay, he got up. One counted to 50. Okay, he got up. We had to stagger. You know, we don't want to see we're all getting up at the same time. <laughs> this is the tricks you learn when you're growing up in church. <laughs> of course, then you all get up, and you look back, and there's Johnny still there. Johnny's not counting. <laughs> Johnny's asleep on the altar. Praise God. You know, we, we come to the Lord's house. He knows what you have need of even before you ask. You pray in your quiet time. He hears you. You're driving down the street and you cry out, God, I need a breakthrough. He heard you. He hears the faintest cry, Amen. And people come to God, and they, they, they're waiting, Pastor Mark, for you to call them out. Okay, I see the man over there with the gray beard and the hair. hair. You, yeah, you, you. And you go, me? You calling me? Yes, you. And you're thinking, why? God knows. God knows. But sometimes I, I grew up in church waiting. They never call me out, Lord. Why don't they never call me out? And once they called out somebody, and, you know, the word was a little, you know, a little straight. I said, thank God you didn't call me out, Lord. <laughs> I got delivered of that desire. <laughs> Praise God. We had a prophet in the church one time come in, two-week meeting. Back in those days, we would have two-week revivals. And he came in on the first, the first three, three or four days, and it was powerful. The, the Spirit of the Lord was working, the word of knowledge, the working of gifts of miracles, you know, word of wisdom. Things were happening. We're all amazed. By the end of the week to the next following Sunday, half the church didn't show up. Because they didn't want to be called up. <laughs> and the Lord says, I, I see you've had pain in your back for three months. And they didn't tell anybody. Oh, well, I see you've got some financial difficulty, but God's going to make a way for you. Get ready for a big harvest. They didn't want to hear the good with the bad. So they didn't show up. I thought, Lord, what is going on here? Let him call me out. Let him call me up. I wanted to call up, and then he didn't call me up during that meeting. He, they did lay hands on me after the meeting sometime, but the next time somebody like that came with that ministry, I said, Lord, please, call me up. And he finally did call me up, and guess what the word was? Brother David, what are you waiting for? God's waiting on you. You think you're Apostle Paul? I want to wait 13 years before you start doing what I told you to do. 
the Bible. I love the Bible. I studied. Paul went, when did he go down in Egypt for 13 years, getting ready for the ministry? And he says, I've been calling on you now. What are you waiting for? I said, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's okay, Lord. You don't have to call me out anymore. That's, that's good. I'm good. Amen. You come to receive what God has for you. Amen. You can come to his house. And the Bible says, as many as touched him, they were made whole. This morning, you can touch him. You can touch him with your faith. You can touch him with your trust in him. You can touch him right there where you're sitting down, or you can touch him right here, amen? You could have touched him when, during the worship service. You could touch him during the offering time. You can touch him at any time you choose to touch him, amen? And the Bible says, as many as came that touched him, they were made whole. The Lord gave me a word a few uh, months ago. He says, intentional. He says, my people are not being intentional when they come to my house. They're not being intentional. They don't realize they need to be intentional Amen? I didn't get saved by accident. Anybody here get saved by accident? No, nope, I had to be intentional. You get filled with the Holy Ghost by accident? No, nope. even though they say if you, if you play around that river rock long enough, you might slip in. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> had to be intentional. Anybody here take a wrong turn? Oh, no, you all decided intentionally to drive here. All right, praise God. See, we do a lot of things intentional. But when it comes to God, we're waiting for God to just call our name, ring our bell, you know, give us a text message, Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, there he is. No. God's looking for you. Those that are hungry and thirsty for God, they shall be filled. Jesus said, if you knock, it shall be opened. That's intentional. If you seek, you're going to find. That's intentional. If you ask, he, he, he shall give it you. That's intentional. Amen. We believers in this day and our hour, we have to be more intentional. More intentional. We've got enough word in our hearts, amen, to see revivals all around the town, amen, to see the, lost, the loved one in our family that won't come to Christ come to Christ, amen. Pastor Mark and I, we've come from very different backgrounds. I wasn't going to share this, but I feel prompted by the Holy Ghost. Brother Greg knows he's going to put it on podcast. I've been arrested for throwing rocks at a house when I was 11 years old. <laughs> they didn't book me. I was earning the bass. <laughs> I, was, I didn't even throw it hard enough to break the window, okay? <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what Pastor Mark's been through, but I know he escaped one time, so praise God. <laughs> but we come from vast, vast, different backgrounds, but here we are together in the same place, loving the same Jesus, loving the same word, amen? We, we've got we to understand that we all may come from different backgrounds, but we've got to be intentional about our service to the Lord, about our faith in Jesus Christ, Amen? Praise God. You see the signs, you go into a building, and it says a little thing there, break glass in case of emergency. Anybody ever see those? Yeah. And it has a little, little metal thing next to it so you can actually break the glass. Right? Sad thing is about it, most people's Bibles are behind that glass. Break in case of emergency. <laughs> break in case of emergency. <laughs> Take it out of the glass, please. Amen. Flip it open and let the moths come out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Remember, faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Amen. It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This morning, I felt compelled to read three or four chapters out of the book of Psalms out loud. Now, I've never actually, I used to do that a long time ago. And I just felt compelled. I need to read it out loud. I'm telling you, when I read it out loud, I heard myself reading this word 
glory to God. It made an impact on me. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you just need to do as the Holy Spirit leads you, to keep things refreshed, to keep things active, amen, and be intentional about your faith in God, your service for the Lord, amen. So the bottom line is you can come into God's house and not get anything today. Now, I've noticed this in social media. I'm not on it very much, but I've been on enough, and a lot of pastor friends of mine, they have their, their little social media guy on there. And I just started discovering about a year or two ago that when you open your, uh, your app there on a, on a Monday or maybe in a late Sunday night, there was someone there from the church saying, hi, I'm from so-and-so church. I've got, I want to give you the takeaways from yesterday's message. I said, oh, this is pretty cool. They're going to give me the pastor's notes right now. So here's the three things you should have took away with you from yesterday's message. And you can go over here, click on this link, and you can hear the whole message. I said, well, praise God, that's good. Then I remember being in uh, Australia once, and you could go to a, a fast food restaurant, and they had takeaways. We call it what? To go here, right? To goes. Over there, they call it takeaways. So you can call it up, you can go to your order and say, I, I need a takeaway. I need a burger fries with, for takeaway. All right, so you're going to take it away and go with you. The Lord said to me, a lot of my people aren't taking anything away. How many of you have ever said, yeah, give me a box for those leftovers? Brother Mark, we just did this the other day. Give me the box of those leftovers. Now, I grew up thinking I was poor when I wasn't poor. Anybody ever grew up like that? You thought you were poor, but you weren't poor? When you looked back, I looked at my back at the house one day, and there were six cars in my dad's driveway. How does the poor people have six cars in the driveway? And the Lord said, because the devil's lied to you. He kept telling you you were poor. You weren't poor. I was blessing your dad. I was blessing his family. I was blessing this church. But you were told you were poor. Oh, wow, Lord, forgive me. Don't believe that anymore. So because we were poor, we took all the leftovers home. And we ate them all during the week. So if you come to my house, there's no leftovers after Wednesday because I got to them. All right. But how many have ever had the box come, fill it up, and get to talking, forget, leave the restaurant, and your takeaway is still on the table? And you're driving home. I remember one time I said, no, i got to go back and get that prime rib. I can't leave it there. <laughs> but you know, sometimes without thinking, we don't take away what God's given us this morning, what he's given you last Sunday, what he's going to give you next week, amen? He knows what you have need of before you ask. I was preaching this word in a church, powerful church. I got an email or somebody texted me or whatever. Or I don't know, I ran into him a few months later and they said, Pastor David, I took away this. I got my takeaway. I said, well, praise God for you. Hallelujah. Amen. But I, was, I found it interesting that they would actually have someone on an app telling you what you need to take away. Well, that's interesting. So I always know what I'm going to take away. Whatever I didn't eat, I'm taking it away. And I always wish, oh, I wish I could eat that again. It was so good. Take it with you. So this morning, make a decision in your mind. You're going to take away what God's bringing you every time you come to his house. Amen. As a pastor, I love that when my people take away something. Amen. Take away. I had to say, you know, back in the day, I know my brother, he pastors a, a denominational church, so he stands at the door when everybody leaves. And they always say, and I preach for him sometimes, and I, when I stand there with him, they'll say, great sermon, Pastor. Good, appreciate the message, Pastor. And I wonder, did they really get anything out of it, or are they just being nice to me? Because it's just what routine. It's what you do. But take away what God is giving to you every time you come in his house. Amen. Write a note down. I was in Brother Copeland's uh, ministry, uh, uh, we were a couple weeks ago, but I've heard him say this many times. Now, this is a new kind of Bible, I'm still working on this one. But someone looked over him and said, Brother Copeland, where do you get a Bible with a white highlighter? 
Because everything was colored. <laughs> everything was colored, amen. You're writing notes. You're taking it down. Nuggets. You don't have to write everything down. Just take what God's speaking to you down. A word specifically for you, amen? Praise God. You can believe everything that God says, but take away the word he has for you this morning. Amen? Now, I wanted to end with this today. I want you to go in your Bibles over into the, uh, let's see, let me get it here. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. Luke chapter 5, verse 15, it says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad Jesus, of Jesus, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed. They came to hear. And the other portion of Scripture says they came to touch him. Here it says they came to hear and to be healed. Amen. They came to hear and to be healed. Praise God. You come intentionally. Come intentionally, amen? So many times I've come into God's house saying, Lord, I need to hear a word from you. I need to have a touch from you. And God knows. And he can touch you right where you're at. He can, or, he can orchestrate the message in the sermon to speak right to you, amen? Because that's how loving our God is. That's how loving he is for you and for me, amen? He knows exactly what you and I need, Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Faith, the Bible says, faith literally takes. You receive it or you take it. Amen. You take it by faith. Amen. You take it by faith. You receive it by faith. Last year, I was, we were preaching messages in the church and had a man come up as I was praying just a, a general prayer over the congregation. One of my men came up and he stood in front of me. And, and a lot of times I close my eyes and I don't realize someone's come up. I close my eyes, I begin to pray, and next thing I know, my hand is going this way. It's going this way. And, and I looked over, and it was a young, uh, one of the men of my church. And I said, yes, yes, and he said, you need to pray for my daughter right now. I just got a text message, she's in emergency. Okay, so we prayed for his daughter right there. He was aggressive, he'd never been aggressive. He took my hand, put it on his head, and we prayed. Within a matter of minutes, we got another... He got another text message that the, the tests were negative. She's going to be okay. She, 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 she felt a sense of power. God's healing power touched her body right there in the hospital. Amen. So this man, so we praised God. He gave that praise report right there. The next day he came to my house for some reason. And as he came to my house, I greeted him. He said, Pastor David, I want to apologize for being so aggressive yesterday. I said, what? He said, I was just doing what you preached. You came and said, faith takes I need to take away what God has for me. And my daughter needed healing. So I'm sorry I didn't say, excuse me. I'm sorry I grabbed your hand. I'm sorry I put my hand on my head and I commanded you to pray. But I was taking a miracle right there for my daughter. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on. You've got to sometimes be aggressive with the Lord. Amen. You'll see countless miracles in the Bible. And many of them were done by parents bringing their children. Or parents going for their children on behalf of their children. Or, or a man coming on behalf of his employee. Jesus always honored that. He never turned any of those people down. They came to get something from the Lord. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.